Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. I want to begin a new series today, and I've titled this the Red Letter Series. Everybody say Red Letter. Red Letter. And uh, when I when I say Red Letters, um, what I mean by that in the New Testament, in your Bibles, hopefully in your Bibles. Um, Anywhere you see in the New Testament where there are red letters, red words, those are the words of Jesus. That's why you'll hear terms like the red letters. It's referring to the words of Jesus in the New Testament, specifically in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Specifically in those books, you will see red words, red letters that are referencing the words of Jesus. So I've titled this the Red Letter Series, Part 1, which is Love Your Neighbor. Everybody say, love your neighbor. neighbor. You'll hear me say that often in this church. And there's a reason why. I think every church, no matter where you go, has its particular DNA. You know, you walk into a church and they're known for this. You walk into another church and they're known for that. Well, I want this church to always be known as a church that loves on one another. Can I get an amen? Amen. Because... uh, that is the number one thing that the Lord commanded us to do. Love Him and love one another. And if we can't do that right, it doesn't matter what else we do right. It really doesn't. And I know we do that extremely well here at this church. And that is why we get people to, to stay. Because they feel the love of Christ in this place. Amen. Amen. Well, speaking of red letters, did you know that in 2020 we still use phrases that Jesus spoke over 2,000 years ago that are attributed to him? Let me just start off with this. For example, go the extra mile. Turn the other cheek. Love your neighbor as Exactly. Those are all words of Jesus. He's the one that declared those. It wasn't some motivational speaker. It wasn't a football coach giving a pep talk before a game. Those were Jesus' words. And these phrases are still phrases that we use in our world today. The words of Jesus, as you well know, can dramatically change your life. And I believe the words of Jesus bring healing into your home. I believe the words of Jesus bring healing to us here. That's why the spiritual connection you have with your church is so important. See, the church isn't going to save you, but it's the relationship you have with Jesus, with Almighty God, when you come to church. And I worry for those that, that, are, that aren't able to come or that haven't come any longer since this COVID-19 began. I'm worried for them because of their spiritual life. It, it's very easy to go backwards. Very easy. Yeah. And, and then that, that, that walk can become an uphill battle after that, seemingly. How do I know that? Because I was there one time many years ago. Some of you have heard me share that. I was there, and it's not always easy to come back and fight that uphill battle. Like going to the gym, Pastor. Amen, amen. Someone said it's like going to the gym, in case you didn't hear that. Uh, Once you stop, it's doubly hard. So keep going, keep pressing. Amen. Amen. So here's what I want to speak on today. Uh, These words that can heal, these words such as love your neighbor. Maybe one of you here today, some of you that are listening to this, are struggling with loving that someone. And right away I think your thought is, just like mine was when I first heard this, love your neighbor, Rick, they told me when I first became a believer. 
Well, I said, well, okay, I, I can love this person and that person, but do I have to love Sean over here? Do I have to love that guy? And the Lord says, yes, you got to love that guy. You got to love him. In fact, the, the word of God goes on to say, you got to pray for your enemies. You got to pray for your enemies. Now, I, I find it easy enough to pray for my loved ones, and, uh, but I got to pray for my enemies too. Yes, the Lord said that. So when we, when we struggle with that love your neighbor, you know, oftentimes it's because we weren't loved ourselves or we don't love ourselves. Don't raise your hands, but if you struggle with loving your neighbor, oftentimes it's because you don't love yourself. And God doesn't want you to live in that condition. He wants you to have a better self-esteem of yourself. He created you in His image. You are a child of God. You are a child of the living King. You are heir to salvation, heir to the, to the things of God up in heaven. Those are all promises for you. You are royalty. You are a son or a daughter of the living God. And as such, our attitude towards ourselves should be much better. It should be, okay, Lord, with you I can do all things. I, I get it. I get it. So, that should help us to be able to love one another. But here's what I want to do. I want to talk about the words of Jesus, what he actually said concerning this. Because this was a new thought. It was a new concept. Love wasn't, but the thought of loving your neighbor. That was a new concept. And that, that's what I want to get into this uh, afternoon. Now, Jesus in this instance where he said to love your neighbor, he used this word in the Greek. There's four terms for, for love. The, the term he was using there was agape love. Some of you have heard that, agape love. It means this unconditional love. It means a love that looks beyond our shortcomings. Amen? And every spouse right, right now said, oh, I recognize that love. Yes, right now. But there's four terms for love the Bible uses in the New Testament. The first one is storage. This is the Greek word, which means a family love. The second one is a filial love, which is where we get the word or the city, Philadelphia. It's known as the city of brotherly love. Straight from the Bible. There is eros, which is where we get our romantic love from. Then there's fourth, agape, which is the, the, the term that Jesus was using here in terms of unconditional love. That's looking beyond our shortcomings. Because if, to be honest with you, if all you ever did was just look at a person and say, well, I don't like this or that about them, and, you know, everybody's going to fall short. Everybody falls short. Agape love is learning to look past that unconditionally and accept that person as they are. Can I get an amen? Yeah. So here Jesus said to agape our neighbor. Love our neighbor. And the first question that would probably arise to you, just like it did to me, is, well, who's my neighbor? You know, we know what Mr. Rogers said, but what did Jesus say? Who's my neighbor? And Jesus gets asked that same question in the scriptures. And I want to turn to the Word of God here in the New Testament, the book of Matthew, chapter 22, is where we're going to begin our reading Chapter 22 and verse 34, where Jesus gets asked this very question. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, 
They were a religious group. The Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, everybody say expert, expert. tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for your anointing, your understanding right now for these next few moments. Help us, the Lord, to appreciate the words of Jesus, to understand what truly love thy neighbor means and how to implement that in our lives today. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let me tell you again today, if you don't know how to love yourself, you will have an extremely tough time with what I'm about to tell you, how to love your neighbor, how to love others. It has to start there with loving yourself. I, I want to remind you that God has forgiven you of your past because I think sometimes we often say, well, when we look at that mirror and that, see that face and see those things that we've done staring back at us and say, I don't like that person that's looking back at me because that's the person that they yelled. That's the person that put somebody down. That's the person that cut somebody down, put them in their place and on and on and on. We can go on, all of us. And you know why? Because we all fall short of the glory of God. But thank God we are forgiven. Amen. Thank God the Lord says in the Old Testament that our sins are thrown away as far as the east is from the west. Never to be held against you again. Thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. So I don't care what you did. I don't care where you came from. The Lord said he forgave you. He forgave me. Amen. And that should give us reason to love him and love ourselves and love one another. Just that alone, amen? His mercies are new every morning. His mercy. Today you had another chance, a third chance, a tenth chance, a twenty-third chance. I don't know what it is, but the Lord gives us chance after chance after chance, opportunity after opportunity. Let me show you in another place in the scriptures where Jesus loved people. And he reminds us of that in this story of the Good Samaritan. I want to turn to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 10. Hopefully you're all familiar with this story. Luke chapter 10 verses 25 through 37. And it says the following. On one occasion an expert in the law. Notice another expert. Can I just tell you what an expert is? I was told this a long time ago. An expert is a, X is a has-been and a spurt is a drip. So don't call yourself an expert, just, just saying. That was for free. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to Jesus to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Simple question. Jesus replied, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? 
In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, half, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. Let me, did I skip the part of the Levite? I missed that part, didn't I? Verse 32. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place, saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. Everybody say pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, bringing him to an inn, and took care of him. All familiar with that story of the Good Samaritan? We, we, we know that we are to be Good Samaritans in our day and age, but I'm telling you this, there's, there's lessons here in this story. Can I tell you that the oil and the wine are representative of the Holy Spirit in our life. Jesus, really what he's saying here is that we as believers, when we reach out to someone in need, we begin to get used by the, by the Holy Spirit to reach out and help them, help that need in, in, in wherever, wherever it is that we see them. Not only that, Jesus put him on his donkey, he put him in his truck, put him in his car, picked him up and took him to church, took him to the inn. He took him to the end. Why did he take him to the end? Because church for us is like a Holy Spirit filled hospital. It's where your spirit is going to get replenished, where it's going to get uh, encouraged, where it's going to get and receive healing. Yeah, you can do this on your own. I'm not saying you can't, but we exist as a church, as a hospital to meet your needs, to pray for you, to encourage you, to help you walk along this path. And that's what Jesus is saying, is that we need to reach out to people and pour the Holy Spirit into their lives. Pray for them. You see a need? Pray for them. Who is that person? Who's my neighbor? It's that person that's hurting. In addition to those people that come into your everyday life. Who is it in your life that's hurting today? And, and if you don't know who that is, do what I do every now and then. I, I pray, Lord, open my eyes to see the needs around me. And boy, oh boy, will he show you needs all around you. He'll point you right to someone. Amen? See, the church is designed for hurting people. But here's the other truth that we know. Hurting people hurt people. Amen? We see that all the time. Hurting people hurt other people. When you come up to someone, oftentimes they don't want your help. They don't want your help. They tell you get lost. I remember Gregory and I were helping some homeless people years ago, about four or five years ago in Chico. We were uh, at a men's convention, and uh, this night there was a bunch of homeless people out. What was it, Chico? Yeah, it was Chico. Uh, Chico Redding, somewhere out there. And um, we stopped to get some fast food. We went to go get some meals so that we can go out and pass them out and pray for people that were out on the street. And we came up to one person, and she didn't want prayer. She, she was afraid of us. This was, mind you, it was 10 o'clock at night. Here's two strangers and big Gregory wearing a tank top coming at her like this. And 
We had to say from about 20 feet away, hey, we're just here to give you some free food and pray for you. And all of a sudden we see this guy coming running out of nowhere. He was her backup and, uh, and who knows what else. But he came and like, what are you guys doing with her? What are you, what are you doing? And we explained, we just want to help you out. We just want to give you something, a warm meal. And once they understood what we were doing, they gladly received it. But initially they were like, no, get, get out of here. We don't want to have nothing to do with you. And so we were able to pray for them. We were able to feed them. That's who you're to love. Love your neighbor. Love those around you. Let me ask you today, are you hurting? Are you physically, emotionally tired of 2020 and all that's going on? The news that maybe you received last week or two weeks ago or last month. Well, let me tell you, let me remind you, the inn is open. The inn is open, amen, where you can come and you can just tell it all to Jesus. Say, Lord, I, I need you to encourage me. I need healing today. I need, I need you to just walk with me. This week's going to be a tough week, but I need your strength, Lord. And then notice in, in verse, 40, verse 35, where I was just reading, the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. And the good Samaritan said, look after him. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. The one who had mercy on him. And Jesus is saying, go and do likewise. Most, you know, here's the sad truth. We don't have mercy enough for people that are hurting. We just tend to say, well, they must have got themselves into that situation. They better find a way out. We don't have much mercy or compassion, do we? Let's just be honest. And sometimes God will speak to you and say, I want you to go and help that person right now. I want you to just drive down to McDonald's and go get them a Big Mac, a quarter pounder with no cheese and uh, large fries. But sometimes God will speak to you that way. And, uh, and, and you can't ignore that. He's counting on you to be a blessing to that person. And in that process, when you bring up a hot meal like that to somebody, let me just tell you, it opens up a door for you to pray for that person. They'll say, they'll see your kindness and compassion, and they'll say, yeah, I'd love prayer. You know, this is what I'm praying for. I wasn't always in this situation. I've found that to be true. People aren't always drug abusers out on the street. Some of them have just been out on luck and, uh, and have lost their way. And, and they need direction back, but God is counting on each of us, amen? God is counting on us to reach out to our neighbors. So see, Jesus is saying when we see hurting people, that is our neighbor. That's our neighbor. We're encouraged to help them. And I get it, we can't help everybody, but if everybody here helped one person, you make an impact. You make an impact, amen? Furthermore, in this parable, and again, this parable, parable is just a story that God is making, a, Jesus is making an illustration, a spiritual illustration for you to understand. Um, what, he's, what he's saying here is that the priest and the Levite 
it, are representing the Old Testament law and religion. And what he's really telling you is, uh, and I is that the Old Testament law and religion can't save you. It can't save us. Religion will never save you. Religion will never save you. You are under grace and only by grace are you saved. Amen. A relationship with Jesus Christ is your only saving faith to heaven. Amen. It will never be faith in Foothill Christian Fellowship. That won't get you saved. It won't be any other church in this town or uh, religion. It's going to be your relationship in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Again, agape. What does it mean? Unconditional love. It also means John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Unconditional love. All of you are familiar with that scripture. That's what it means there. Unconditional love. Can I remind you today that you don't have to perform to receive his love? Don't be like me when I first got saved that I had to try to act perfect or act in a certain manner because God would not be pleased with me. It's not about how you conduct yourself because he paid the price for you already. He, when he went to the cross, he said, look, I love you this much. He died on the cross for you, a sinner. Me, a sinner. He knew how big, bad you were, yet he went to the cross and died for you and I. We aren't supposed to be trying to perform for him or, you know, walking around and God's with a hammer ready to clobber you if you get out of line. That's how I used to initially believe my faith was built on, is that I had to walk this perfectly straight line. And yes, God wants you to obey him and obey his concepts in, in the Bible, but he's not going to slam you if you get online. You know what we do as believers? We say, Lord, I fell short today. Forgive me and help me to pick myself up and keep doing this better tomorrow. Amen? Amen? That's the God we serve. That's the God, the love that he has for you and I. Can I share with you what unconditional love is for me? You know, transparency here. How many know I love my children? I love my daughters, right? There's no question on that. But there's no other grandparents here. Yeah, there's some grandparents in here. Um, but let me tell you, when you have grandkids, that love, it, it kicks up a notch somehow in, in terms of unconditional love. It, it's, it's not that I love my grandkids anymore. Let me give you an example. I have a 10-year-old granddaughter named Leah. And during the week, she'll text me. At 7.30, and she'll just say, good morning, Grandpa Rick. Aww. You know, just out of nowhere. And, um, and so I'll text her back. I'll say, hey, good morning, uh, beautiful. Or good morning, uh, Malia. How you doing? Hope you're going to have a great day. And in my eyes, she could do nothing wrong, right? <laughs> she could do nothing wrong. She's texting her grandpa. That girl can get away with anything, right? Now, if she did something, would I... Have a talk with her? Absolutely. I, I'm a grandparent, but I would still have a talk with her and, and, and lay into her if I needed to. But I'm talking about this unconditional love. When we can look past things, that's what you and I need to develop. Amen? God loves us in the same way unconditionally. He's looking for your text every morning. Your text from your words, from your lips. Lord, I need you today. 
Thank you for today. Lord, would you welcome me today? Would you be my strength? Would you be my peace and comfort? Would you walk with me today at work so I don't have to face all this situation, all this stuff by myself, all this stress, all the pressure? Would you walk with me today, Lord? And that's what he promises to do with each of us. But we have to send them that text every morning. Because see, he'll leave us to our own devices. He'll let us do what we want to do because he will stand back. As a loving parent, sometimes you have to stand back and let your children figure it out, right? How many know what I'm talking about? You have to let your children figure it out, and God will do the same. Amen. Let me read another scripture, which is often known as the golden rule. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12 is where it's found. It says this, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. This is known as the golden rule. Basically, treat others as you would have them treat you. How many live by that, right? We, we, we want to live by that. We want to treat others with respect, with love, compassion, mercy, so that we can receive that as well. And so real quick, before I finish, I want to just touch on four, four quick points. Things that we should do in order to love our neighbor well. Now that we know who our neighbor is, those that are hurting, those that are around us, what are things that we need to do so that we can love our neighbor well? Well, number one should be, we should have mercy on them. Have mercy on them. The Bible says this. Do we have that scripture up? Yes. Let's put that up there. In Luke chapter 6, verses 36 and 37. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. That is so easy to say, not always easy to do, is it? We are quick to judge. Oh, well, that guy over there with that sign, I wouldn't give him a dollar. I wouldn't give a hamburger. Because we're so quick to judge. We're so quick to condemn. Oh, well, I saw that breakup happening a long time ago. I knew that was going to happen, right? We're so quick to judge. We need to learn to have mercy on people. Let the Lord be the judge, amen? Let the Lord have that say. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 7 says... Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Mercy. You want to be shown mercy? Then learn to be merciful. Be merciful to those around you. There, there are people in, I don't use the word karma, you know, but that's what people would say. Well, what goes around comes around. You know, that's karma, that type of thing. The Bible says, be merciful and you will receive mercy. Be loving, you will receive love. Be forgiving, you'll receive forgiveness, and so forth. It's not karma. It's, it's just principles that God instituted, that God created in this world. And then finally, Titus chapter 3 in the New Testament, first two verses say this. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, I'm just thinking social media right now. Let's read that again. To slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always, and always, and always to be gentle 
toward everyone. Wow. Is that the world we live in today? No, that's a far cry from it. But that's the word of God. That's what the word of God teaches you and I. Let's be merciful to others. We need that more in our world today than ever before. How many would agree with me? Amen? And then the second point is, have compassion for them. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on, him, on them. When you see, when we go down to Mexico on our missions trip and see the needs down there, your heart breaks. Those of you that have gone on these trips, when you see the needs, you have compassion on these people. You don't even know them. You couldn't even tell them their name because you may not know their name, but you begin to have compassion because you see the need right in front of you. Amen? Yesterday, I mentioned we had a pastor's meeting. The pastor that held this at his church, our meeting was at 8.30 in the morning, and I got there at about 8.25, and half an hour before that meeting, his mother had passed away. And here he was having this meeting with other pastors in our community. We had compassion on him. And then we began, uh, as soon as we passed out all the boxes, the pastors, I got them together, and then we prayed for this pastor because we had compassion on him. And he so much appreciated that. How many know that we exist to meet the needs of those around us? Again, we're, we're God's feet. We're his hands. God wants to put you to work. Amen? And then the third point is understand them. Ooh, that's a tough one. I don't understand that person, Pastor Rick. I don't understand my son. I don't understand my daughter. I don't understand my wife. I don't understand my husband. And on and on and on and on, right? Can I just tell you this? Sometimes it's not our job to understand them, but just to love them, accept them. But we all want to be understood, right? We all want people to understand us. But let me just tell you this. Love seeks to understand rather than to be understood. Can I say that again? Love seeks to understand rather than to be understood. Love them. Love them anyways. They may not have the same attitude as you or belief as you. Love them anyway. Amen? Amen. And then the fourth point as I close is forgive them. Forgive them. Probably the toughest one to do. Forgive them. I know, especially with family members, it's tough when you have to forgive somebody and, and you have to say, hey, you know what? Uh, Brother Reuben, I'm sorry. Now, I don't have any reason as far as I know to apologize to my brother, but if I did, I need to go to him and I say, Reuben, forgive me. I messed up. I've done messed up. And, and I want you to forgive me. I need you to forgive me. And I know that he would. But oftentimes, why is it with family members that it's the toughest thing to do? And with people that are outside your family, you can do it just like that. The enemy has a way of, he wants to destroy that family. That's why. He wants to destroy your family and relationships. Keep that in mind next time that occurs. We need to learn to forgive them. Let me read the scriptures to you. Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, 
your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But, here's the key part, listen to this. If you do not forgive others their sins, your Father in Heaven will not forgive your sins. Ooh, that is deep right there. And that should put you on your toes right there. To know that if you are not willing to forgive somebody of their sins, Almighty God says here in His Word, He will not forgive you of your sins. Amen? We should be the first ones. We should be running to ask somebody to forgive us. We should be running to do that. Amen? And then again, 1 Peter chapter 4. Let's go to the next verse. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 8. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Love covers over a multitude of sins. I don't need to explain that to you in, in relationships. Somebody may have done you wrong. Let's, let's say specifically your spouse. If they've done you wrong, but you, but you know that they love you, you can, your husband can sweet talk you, your, husband, your wife can sweet talk you, and that love that you have for them will oversee all the wrongs that they committed, won't it? Amen? Because love runs deep. The Bible says here, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. You see, when we practice doing those, those things, those very same things are practiced toward us. How many want to receive those things in their life? Amen? Let me, let me remind you what they are. They are to love unconditionally. This is what you need to do. You need to have mercy. You need to have compassion. You need to have understanding. And you need to have forgiveness for your neighbor. Let's bow our heads and won't you stand with me at this time as we close this afternoon. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you. Again, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you're so loving toward us. That, Lord, that you look past our shortcomings. Lord, that you look past how we have failed you. Maybe we failed you today. Maybe we got here just by the grace of God. And Lord, I thank you for that, that you accept me as I am, that I am your son, I am your daughter here today. And Lord, I love you. And Lord, I thank you for that agape love where you love me unconditionally. It means, Lord, that if I'm having a bad day and I mess up, You'll forgive me. I know you want me walking and, and doing right and walking righteously. But Lord, if I, if I mess up, you're not going to kick me to the curb. You're not going to disown me. You're not going to yell at me, Lord. But you're lovingly going to encourage me and say, get on up. You can do this. You can do this. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to be your peace. I'm going to be your strength. I'm going to be your encourager because I have saved you. I'm your redeemer. And by grace you are saved. Not of your works anyways. Lest any man should boast, the Bible says. So Lord, we thank you again for this time. We thank you, Lord, that you're teaching us who our neighbor is and how to love them. And I pray that everyone here in this church and everyone listening to me would learn to love those around us each and every day in a more powerful way, especially as we head into the holidays, Lord, as we 
possibly have, you know, family reunions, possibly, Lord, help us to love on them. Help us to love on our neighbors. And Father, we thank you again for this time. Pray your blessing now. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' wonderful name. God bless you and have a great Sunday. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.